This is the Build Wealth Canada podcast, episode number 27. Welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast, where it's all about becoming debt-free, accelerating your wealth, and taking control of your money. Now, here's your host, Cornell Schreiber. Hey, it's Cornell, and welcome to the Build Wealth Canada show. Today, I wanted to cover the subject of debt consolidation, and what is it, should you do it, and if so, then what are really the options available to you here in Canada? So, before we get into that, though, I just want to give a quick shout out to one of the show's sponsors, which is Canadian Money Saver Magazine. And as a Build Wealth Canada listener, you have access to a promo code that you can use to get a discount on the magazine. Plus, you get free access to a recent paid webinar hosted by 31-year investing industry veteran Peter Hudson, where he basically shares some of the lessons learned from investing in the past year and what to watch out for this year. So you can get the discount and a free video presentation over at Build Wealth Canada. All right, so let's get into talking about debt consolidation. Now, the idea behind debt consolidation is that if you have different debts at different interest rates, then what you can do is you can turn all of those loans into just a single low interest loan. Now, the advantage of that is that from a cost savings perspective, you could actually save money on interest since let's say you have a balance on a few credit cards. Well, instead of paying 18% interest on each one of them, you can instead basically get one loan at a much lower interest rate and basically use that money to pay off those credit cards. When you do this, you've in a way converted the credit card debt where each credit card is basically a loan and turned it into a single loan that is at a lower interest rate. So the money savings component can be nice, plus it lets you pay off your loan faster since any money you save from the lower interest payments can be used to pay down the debt quicker. So it's basically a nice way to get out of debt even quicker. And you can also do this with more than just credit card balances too. So for example, you could do this with car loans and really any other loans you may have arranged in the past. The other neat advantage is that now you no longer have to waste time managing multiple loans and credit cards. So from an administrative perspective, it's just easier to deal with one loan instead of multiple smaller loans. For example, each one of them has a different statement that looks you know, different. They might have different minimum payments. They might have different rules and terms that you have to follow. And each one also has their own fine print, which obviously nobody enjoys reading either. So if you consolidate, you can actually save yourself time as you're just dealing with one loan. And you only have to learn and understand that one loan instead of the whole collection of them. Now, there are different ways that you can consolidate your debt. For example, you can do it yourself by, for example, getting a home equity line of credit where you basically take out a loan that is secured against your house and then use that money to pay off the high interest debt like your credit cards, for example. Now, of course, if you mess this up and can't repay the loan, the bank can foreclose on your house. So obviously, this is something that you have to be aware of, but this is one way that you can consolidate your credit. And the reason that it works is that the interest rate you get on a home equity line of credit will be a lot lower than what you're paying on your credit card. And so the math just makes sense. Now, of course, there are a few cons and dangers of doing this. The main con, which I already briefly brought up just recently, is that let's say you execute the strategy, but instead of paying off the debt, you keep racking up more and more debt. Eventually, you basically max out your home equity line of credit and perhaps start taking on more debt by once again using those credit cards again and maxing them out too. 
Of course, by doing this, your monthly interest payment, so your monthly debt obligation gets larger and larger because you're taking on more and more debt. So if you don't control your spending, those interest payments could eventually get totally out of hand to the point where you can't pay them anymore. And now you run into the danger of the bank basically foreclosing on your home and also destroying your credit at the same time. If you make this mistake, then you're actually in an even worse situation than before because now you have an even bigger loan to pay off. Plus, once again, you have all the credit card debt that you now have to pay as well. In other words, you're actually worse off than you were if you just stayed with the credit card debt. This is why you have to tread very carefully when it comes to this because if the core underlying issue is that let's say you have a spending problem for instance, then just consolidating your debt isn't going to fix that. In fact, it can make you even worse off. So therefore, you know, it's important to look at the whole picture and for example, consolidate your debt but also examine why you got into that debt in the first place and what can you do to prevent getting buried in debt in the future. The other downside of using a home equity line of credit is that if you don't own a home, then you obviously can't do this since the loan is secured against a house that you own. In other words, the bank says that they're willing to loan you the money, but your house is used as collateral, which basically means that if something goes wrong and you can't pay your debts to the bank, then they can take your house. Now you can try to get other loans that are lower than your credit card interest rate, for example, even if you don't own a home. But generally, the interest rate that you will be paying will be noticeably more than it would be if you just did a home equity line of credit. And this is why home equity lines of credit are often used by people who want to consolidate their own credit because banks basically see your home as something secure that they can sell if things go wrong. And therefore, because it's secure, it means the risk is lower and so they can offer you a lower interest rate. Now, the other disadvantage of getting a home equity line of credit is that you will actually be charged a fee to set all of this up. The bank will generally want to appraise your house, in other words, determine its value so that they know how much of a loan they are willing to give you. They generally aren't willing to do this for free since it actually costs them money to do this. And so it can definitely cost you some money in fees to set this all up. And the process takes some time to implement as well because they have to appraise your house, analyze what they're willing to do, what they're willing to loan you. Then they basically give you an offer, which you then have to read over and decide whether you agree to the terms or not. So it's not something that you basically you know, pull off over, you know, you do in a couple hours and you're basically done. So when we look at these cons, this is really one of the main reasons why I like the second available option, which is to work with a nonprofit company to help you with the whole process, to help you basically get out of debt and help you solve any underlying spending issues you might have and potentially letting them negotiate a lower interest rate for you than you might be able to do yourself so that basically you can get out of debt even faster. So our guest today is actually the founder of such an organization. And in a moment, you'll actually get to hear me pick his brain about the whole process, the pros, the cons, and what to look out for when implementing this strategy. Now, I've always been curious about organizations like this because some of them, like the one with our guest today, actually help Canadians with the underlying issue, which is preventing them from getting into debt trouble in the first place, as opposed to just offering a low interest consolidated loan, which as I mentioned earlier, can actually make you worse off if you're not careful and if you don't solve the underlying debt accumulation issue. Also, since they do this type of work every day on a massive scale, I can see how that gives them extra negotiating power and expertise when dealing with other people's creditors and how they might be able to get a lower interest rate for Canadians than basically you can get yourself just because of the volume that they do. 
So if I was in a situation where I needed help with that, I would definitely be open to letting a company like this take a look, see if they can solve the underlying issue and let them do some research and offer me a rate that is lower than what I'm potentially paying, plus simplifying things to make it just one loan so I don't have to deal with all these different you know, loans, different credit cards, etc. And also, it's not like you have to pay the money up front to get them to do this for you. So basically, if you don't like what they propose, you can always just walk away. But it basically you know, doesn't hurt to at least let them look at what they can do for you since it might be better than what you can get yourself, such as a lower interest rate. You know, Plus, they can help hopefully help you solve that underlying issue that's causing all that bad in the first place. So you know, anytime somebody kind of is offering to, to do this sort of this work for me or to help me and there's really no fee up front, right, <laughs> then I'm generally pretty open to you know to letting them help because you never know right i mean they give you an offer if you like it awesome you know you go with it if if you don't like it if you know whatever reason then you can just walk away right you're not obligated to do anything so you know it doesn't hurt to listen because if somebody especially has something that they can offer you that can kind of make you better off you know make you pay less in interest or or solve some debt issues that you may be having and of course, you know, this is something that you just don't get if you decide to just consolidate your own debt through a home equity line of credit, for example. So to give you some more insight on this, my guest today is Jeff Schwartz, who is the founder of Consolidated Credit Counseling Services of Canada. And if you want to learn more about them or have them see if they can get you a lower interest rate on your debt so that you can basically get out of debt faster, you know, or help you solve sort of the, you know, the underlying problem that you may have that keeps, you know, getting you into more and more debt, then you can go to buildwealthcanada.com dot ca slash debt so just d-e-b-t all right jeff welcome to the show thank you happy to be here so jeff great to have you on i've always had uh, quite a few questions about consolidated credit uh, i was talking to you uh, offline before about how you know you see the ads i remember seeing them you know on the subway and, and, and transit and you're always kind of curious about it so it'd be, it'd be nice to pick your brain a little bit about what actually consolidating your credit means, what it is. So maybe just to kick things off, I, I thought we could start kind of at that introductory level and then ramp up the questions a little bit later, get a bit more advanced. So, I mean, to start us off, for those who haven't heard about this, what does it actually mean to consolidate your credit? And maybe even more importantly, in what circumstances should somebody actually consider consolidating their credit? Well, well, that's an excellent place to start. And credit consolidation or debt consolidation really is just a means of making your money work more efficiently for you. And the idea is that it's the process of combining one or more debts into one loan. So you're only making one payment at the lowest possible interest rate. So instead of making several payments to all your creditors over the course of a month, you make one payment towards this loan or program. And truthfully, because the interest rate is lower than what you're already paying, the idea is that your money is working more efficiently for you and more of your money is going towards paying down your debt rather than servicing high interest and fees. And the idea here is that you're going to be paying less interest over time and be able to retire your debt a little bit quicker. That's great. That's great. So in what circumstances should somebody actually consider maybe giving you guys a call or, or you know, going on your side and seeing if consolidating is right for them? Is there certain criteria that certain Canadians fit that you think makes them ideal for this kind of service? Well, I mean, I've got a whole list of symptoms, if you will, that would, would set it into place. But before we get there, I mean, really, you need to be able to identify when you're in a position where this might work for you. And that's really 
if your, your finances are getting out of control, you find that you're spending and you don't have the money and you're just going deeper into debt. And that's the time where you really need to take a look at your budget, reevaluate your spending, and if you're saving at all. Many Canadians are not saving at all or even at a very low rate, and that causes some concern. Now, for us, it's really important that people identify when this is an issue. And some of the things or symptoms, as I would say, or warning signs where this might become an issue and consolidation might work for you are, okay, so are, are you spending more than 15% of your take-home pay just to service your credit cards and other debts? Uh, are you living paycheck to paycheck? So in other words, and I have this conversation with clients all the time, I ask them how much goes into their bank account with each pay and they say nothing because it's already spoken for by the time it hits my bank and it, it goes out. Are you dipping into your savings really just to pay your everyday monthly bills? Are you just paying the minimums on your credit cards? Is it just the interest on a line of credit that you're paying? Uh, have you reached the maximum on your credit cards? Uh, each month are you choosing which bills to pay and which bills not to pay because you don't have enough money to pay for them all? Uh, are you taking cash advances or taking from one credit card to pay another credit card and continuing that cycle on a monthly basis? It's really important that, to understand that this is affecting your life. So are you dodging collection calls? Have you stopped opening your mail? Uh, are they causing, are these money problems causing issues at home? Are you losing sleep? Those are some of the things that we ask people and people often tell us when they reach out to us. That's great. Well, thanks for providing that list. I, I really like things like that because you can basically read through it. And, and I'll have that list actually on, on the website as well. So I'll, I'll give the link for that later. So anyone can basically go on there and see if kind of any of that criteria fits with their situation. Uh, and then they should maybe consider this. So no, that's great. That's very, uh, very actionable. Thank you, Jeff. And you know what? The other thing that I, I just thought of, so I, when I thought of credit consolidation, you know, my big kind of thing why I thought, okay, it makes sense is, yeah, because of the lower interest, right? You have all this, you might have this really high interest credit card debt, and then you bring it down, you get a, a loan at a much lower rate, and, and it just, you know, you can save a lot of money that way. But now that I think of it, I can see it being a really big time-saving component as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm a relatively new father. And so, you know, time is kind of very precious and you don't get much of it. And I can see how, you know, if you have six different loans or just multiple different loans and, you know, now you're kind of juggling all of them, you're making sure that each one's getting paid off sufficiently. And it's just, you know, it's just a hassle, right? It's just an administrative thing that it's, it's just, it's annoying. <laughs> so I can see how, you know, if you have everything consolidated, you're just you're making those payments. It's easier to automate everything, so it's just easier to execute on the plan. Yeah, so I can see that, like you know, the time-saving benefit being really, really needed as well. Especially with postage. I mean, even though we're doing it online, but ultimately, you're mm -hmm. right. There's a huge organizational factor here. We have so many different yeah. bills. We have so many different commitments. Time is short. With you being a new parent, I mean, it isn't easy. Mm -hmm. So if if you can actually do it once as opposed to several times, it makes it that much easier to remember all the things that have to be done because it's only one payment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I do everything online, but still, I mean, I don't want to have to log into five different sites, you know, credit card, uh, you know, sites or, or whatever the case may be, right? So that's, uh, yeah, it's, that sounds really appealing. Now, so if somebody does a service like this, how does it work in terms of, like, do they have to pay, like, let's say to go with your services, do they have to 
pay like a fixed amount for it or how how does it work for the for the client basically well uh, for consolidated i i mean uh, it's it's a fairly in-depth process and from that perspective our goal as credit counselors is to be able to ascertain what some of the issues are as they relate to you individually and what what has gotten to you what has gotten you to this point where you're struggling with managing your finances and you've dug yourself a, a hole of debt and that's the first step is is really understanding what got you to this point and the first step for the consumer is admitting that they have some sort of concern but that when they reach out to us we want to do a, an in-depth assessment of how they got to this point and truthfully what are they doing or what have they done up to this point to rectify the situation and sometimes that's where some of the mistakes have happened and they've dug, dug themselves deeper into debt uh, other times they've actually done some fantastic things and they've hit some roadblocks along the way. That's where they come into us. And truthfully, I mean, 90 plus percent of our services are free. Any assessment, any consultation, any excuse me, financial education that's available is free to you. I mean, we want to get people the help they need when they reach out for it. Uh, there is some programs that do require a small fee and that is only based on whether they qualify for the program, whether the consumer thinks that that's the best program for them and they want to take advantage of it. And then we will intercede with their creditors to negotiate on their behalf. And there's a okay. small fee associated with that, but truthfully, mm -hmm. it's a pittance compared to the savings and the, right. the guidance that they're going to get along the way. Yeah. And I mean, that makes sense. I mean, you have to pay your staff to actually physically contact these creditors and reach out to them and then kind of negotiate and, and do all this kind of legwork. So, so yeah, that, that, that makes sense. And, uh, but it's, it's great how you guys actually provide a lot of free content, a lot of free kind of, uh, I, I guess it's like also free kind of counseling and education about best practices when it comes to getting out of debt. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's really, uh, that's great. I mean, you said 90% of it's actually free. So that's, so no matter what situation you're in, you can kind of check you guys out and talk to you guys and then at least learn a thing or two. So no, that's great. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. So one common argument that basically one common argument against credit consolidation services that I've heard is that they don't really solve the underlying issue. And you've kind of already addressed this a bit, but you know, the people that are against credit consolidation services said, say that, well, you know, somebody might consolidate their debt, which basically frees up space on their credit cards or their line of credit. And then they just basically end up taking on more debts. It's now they have, you know, extra room on their credit cards because they've consolidated and, you know, they haven't actually changed their lifestyle. So, you know, they go into the credit consolidation and then they basically end up getting in more debt, you know, because they haven't actually adjusted their lifestyle, uh, you know, to live a debt free lifestyle. So um, you, you've kind of talked about this al already a bit about how you provide education on how to kind of not get into this into this hole. What are some of the things that people can do? to prevent this from happening to them. And, and just so you know, I, I'm, I'm in total agreement with your comments on this and other comments out there that unless we change the behavior, there, mm. there is a, a high tendency that this is going to happen again. Uh, right. and, and that is so important, especially with all the distractions that we have, spend more money to keep up with the Joneses, mm. to have the latest and greatest and so forth. So from that perspective, I totally agree with you. And, and that's one of the reasons why I say that 
one of the most important things is the consumer needs to admit that they've got some concern here before we're going to be able to move them from that spot of, okay, I've just freed up all this space on my credit card and I've taken on more debt, even though it's more efficient debt, but now I've got all this room and I feel like I've won the lottery and can go spend again. We want to move people from that and get them to change their behaviors. But there are some certain things that they can do individually uh, as it relates to consolidation that will prevent them from going down this road. And But first we need to differentiate between what a do-it-yourself debt consolidation is and what we might offer, which is a debt management program. And when you take the do-it-yourself approach, you're essentially consolidated of all, consolidating all your balances into one credit card with a lower interest rate or taking on some sort of consolidation loan with a lower interest rate and putting all your debts into that. And the idea is that, as we said before, is to make your money work more efficiently for you. Now, in order to do that, and this is where consumers need to understand that, that if there is going to be a benefit of consolidation, they need to have a very strong credit rating to be able to qualify for that lower interest rate. Gotcha. And they need to commit to avoiding using any credit as we've talked about, until that balance is paid off in full. That's the only way a do-it-yourself plan is going to work. So firstly, that they have a strong credit rating and can get the lower interest rates, and like we said, not and commit to not going further into debt. Now, yeah. under a debt management program, it's a little bit different because you're not taking on additional debt. Actually, we're negotiating with the creditors to reduce the interest rate on your existing debt. So it makes it that much easier to pay off with less interest and at a more rapid rate. I mean, our goal with our clients is to have them debt free within three and a half to four years. Sometimes it stretches out to five, but the goal is kind of three and a half to four years. And that's paying back the debt in full. Mm -hmm. Now, so your ability once you're on this program is essentially stopped to lend anymore. The creditors don't want to lend you any more money at higher interest rates while you're paying off this debt at a lower interest rate. So reality is your ability to spend on credit is typically frozen until that debt is paid off in full. Now, in addition to that, accredited credit counseling agencies should be providing their clients with the resources and tools so that they can learn how to better manage their finances. And that's the beauty of going with credit counseling is that we'll be there to hold your hand throughout the process. There's this thing called life that often gets in the way of our finances, and whether it's a car that breaks down or a child that needs a, a filling at the dentist, it could be any number of things that get in the way, and it's just called life. So having a credit counseling agency there behind you to work with you during this time while you're paying off the debt is so important because it gives you options, it helps you work through your budgeting so that you can stay on track and pay this debt off. And the idea is through the education, through the change in behavior, that you're going to be able to carry this on into the future and prevent from going into that type of debt again. I'm just writing some of this down. Yeah, this is uh, this is great. Yeah, and you know what? So I guess with, if someone was to do the just to summarize what you said, so if somebody like let's say let's say I had debt from multiple different sources, I I don't, but let's just pretend that I do, then I could say, for example, okay, I'm going to take I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to take out, let's say, a line of credit on my house, use that to pay off all my credit cards, which are at a higher interest rate, and then I will just pay off that line of credit on my house kind of as quickly as possible, and then there we go, I just consolidated it all myself. But then what you're saying is that 
that may work for some people, but the the danger is that, and, and I guess this is where a lot of the people that are against credit consolidation will kind of come, come in and agree, is that, well, now, you know, I, I just consolidate all my credit cards into my line of credit, but my spending habits are still the same, so now I'm going to rack up even more credit card debt, and then, you know, put that towards the line of credit, and then do it again and again, and eventually your line of credit on your home is full, and you're still and you've t- and you're still taking on more credit card debt, and you're kind of in this death spiral where you're just going deeper and deeper into debt. So it sounds like the the big piece of value that you guys provide, or one of the pieces of value, is that like you said, you actually kind of you you you'd be there basically to hold the person's hand and to help educate them and guide them so that they don't kind of fall into this that <laughs> uh, that spiral. Basically, it sounds like uh, which I could see being so dangerous for for a lot of people. Yeah, so that's great. And I guess the other thing is you said you guys negotiate with the creditors as well, which I guess can be very time consuming and maybe difficult to do if you're, you know, don't feel comfortable doing that or you're not experienced. So I guess that's also kind of another good piece of value. Yeah, no, so so that's great. That's really interesting. That's really, uh, I can definitely see why somebody would go with kind of a service like yours as opposed to just just doing it themselves because they do actually get a lot of uh, extra value from it. That's great. Now you brought up another excellent point that I didn't bring up and and I'm not sure if you knew that you did or you didn't, but it's something that many consumers don't realize or understand the impact of is that in many cases when they do take out some sort of consolidation loan, they have to have it secured by their some sort of asset. And in many cases, especially in Canada, it's going to be their home. And in order to get right. those really low interest rates, the creditors definitely want some sort of security on there. So you think about that. If I'm taking an unsecured credit card or an unsecured loan and paying it off with a secured loan by my house, right? that's a real oh, concern yeah. because you're exchanging unsecured debt for secured debt. And if that's the case and you stop or you get into a bind or you ring up debt again on those credit cards and then you you can't afford to pay that secured debt anymore, well, then truthfully, the creditors have the option of collecting on that security if you're not servicing your debt. So something really important to consider that you're putting your house on the line when you take out these consolidation loans. So it's mm. even more important that you change your spending behavior so that you don't put yourself in jeopardy. Yeah, that is that's a great point. Yeah, that's that's pretty terrifying. Where you know you might kind of think, oh, well, I did a great job. I moved my high interest credit card to my home equity line of credit, and I'm paying so much less now. Everything is well, and then if you get kind of fall into this that 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 spiral, eventually they could literally repossess your house if you if you basically messed it up. So uh, I, I could say, yeah, you, basically you're opening up yourself to a catastrophic loss if you do it yourself and if you, if you actually mess it up. So I can see, yeah, that's 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 a really, really good point. <laughs> so it's kind of like if you're going to do it yourself, you better, you better know that you have that massive amount of discipline and just, yeah, you just have to be so careful because, yeah, you're right. You're switching from an unsecured credit card loan to a secured. Yeah, that, that opens up a whole a whole can of worms if you mess that up yourself. And, and you know um, what? Great. The, the tips that we're talking about are, are are very simple, but to use this phrase, they're simple, but they're not necessarily easy. I mean, I'd like to say mm-hmm. that people come to us and we solve their spending behaviors overnight, but that's not necessarily the case. Like I said, life right. pops up and all of a sudden we've got to deal with it. So it, it kind of takes time. So if you're going to do it yourself, make sure that excuse me, you, you've set yourself up for success 
and that you're committed to this process as opposed to, well, I, I've got it solved now, everything's fine. No, you've got to make some changes so that you don't go further into debt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's great. Thank you for those... Uh, for that. So yeah, just on to my next question. So since you deal with a lot of individuals that have actually gone into a pretty significant amount of debt or probably struggling to get out, what are some of the most common mistakes that you see people make that get them into that situation in the first place? Well, I mean, truthfully, firstly, people need to understand that debt doesn't discriminate. We use that phrase all the time because whether you're rich or poor, man or woman, uh, young or old, highly educated professional or went to work right out of high school, it doesn't matter. Depending on what stage you're at, you still could end up in debt. And, and those are the people that we see. So mm -hmm. our, the people that we see, it's, it's right across the board. So everybody is susceptible to it if they're not managing their finances. And those reasons as to why they get into debt vary from person to person. And with that in mind, it, it could be divorce, it could be medical, it could be job loss, it could be overspending. But ultimately, the reason is people are living beyond their means and they're relying on credit to fulfill those needs and fill the gaps, whether it's short term, long term, chronic, whatever it might be, they're living beyond the amount of money that they have coming in. Now, it's, it's not an easy situation to be in, but we really want to make sure that people understand they can get this under control. And one of the ways that we see in Canada, especially that people have not protected themselves is the tremendously low savings rate. Now, I think mm -hmm. we're probably somewhere between three and 5%, but it used to be upwards in the high teens, uh, uh, probably mm -hmm. 20, 30 years ago. So for us, uh, there's no reason why we can't see it at least get to double digits from where we are now. It's just a matter of mm -hmm. paying attention to it and committing to it. And those sorts yeah. of savings habits will help them in those times of uncertainty. Sure. Yeah, I'm always surprised to hear those numbers being so low. It's uh, it's 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 a bit it's a little scary for sure, for sure. Especially because I mean, there's still retirement you have to save for unless you really want to be frugal to the extreme when you're retired i mean it, it's it's not a good idea to just rely on the government uh, benefits that that you you get right and uh, and even for people my age who are you know kind of more so on the younger side we don't know what the status is going to be of these different programs once we're older right i mean maybe they maybe there won't be as much money to use for for people for our generation at least right so you know you, you definitely want to make sure you're saving so that you're not fully reliant on on the government so i can see yeah the savings rate thing is critical but yeah it just blows my mind every time i see that stat how, how low it is in canada it's pretty terrifying well think about it too um, as it relates to government programs i'm not sure if you saw it but this week a study came out or a report came out i believe it was from StatsCan that indicated we have more people at 65 plus than we do at uh, zero to 14 years old. So if you look at right. the opposite end of the spectrum, who's gonna be funding uh, their retirement? There's yeah. a lot less people yeah. to be doing that unless there's money mm -hmm. in the bank. And it's something to consider when we're planning for our retirement. So things a lot, a lot of what you said planning for retirement, making sure that you're not carrying a whole lot of debt into retirement because your income is likely mm -hmm. going to drop, 
and so that you have enough to be able to not only live and meet your everyday living expenses, but also if you're carrying debt, to be able to service that debt. So you want to make sure that you can limit that as much as possible going into retirement. And if you look at the debt numbers on how indebted Canadians are right now, that's a real scare for a lot of people. I mean, I tell this story about someone I was getting my car repaired and they had a shuttle service and I was talking to the gentleman and it was an older gentleman, not that old, but I talked to him about how, what he was doing and why he was doing this job. And he said, well, truthfully, I, 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 I retired from my job. I had a great paying job. I have a really decent pension. But at the end of the day, that pension only allowed me to pay my bills. It didn't allow me to buy gifts for my grandchildren. It didn't allow me to go on the odd little trip on the weekend or even enjoy some of the things that I'd hoped to during retirement. And he said, now I'm working three days a week. I'm sharing the other three days with, with another retired gentleman. And that's allowing me to do the things that I want to do because truthfully, I didn't have enough money and I'm not, I don't have enough coming in to be able to satisfy that need in retirement. So he's taken on that extra job to do that. And we're seeing a lot of people kind of 55, 60 plus doing that sort of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, as a younger person, I, I find that that's kind of a kick in the pants. It's, it's a motivating thing. I remember like when I used to work at Costco uh, when I was back in, in high school and we would serve, you know how they have those uh, samples mm -hmm. where you can you prepare food for people. So I used to do that. And I remember there was a few ladies that were also doing it at the same time I was, you know, great ladies, wonderful ladies. But yeah, they were basically using, they were in that job to basically help fund their retirement because I guess, you know, I'm, I'm guessing they didn't save enough, right? And so they just, they had to do kind of that job. So, you know, you're standing on your feet for eight hours a day serving food to people, be, you know, it's, yeah, I, I don't know, like personally, that's not something I would like to do in my, in my retirement. So, so for sure, I think it's a motivating thing to, to see, to, to kind of do what you can now as you're younger to not sort of get into this situation where you're forced to kind of work to, in order to be able to enjoy the things you want in your retirement. It, uh, I mean, if you want to work in retirement for fun, uh, you know, and get some money and you enjoy it, then that's one thing. But I think, you know, if you're forced to, to do it, you know, that that's very unfortunate, I think, for sure. I mean, and and the savings rate is the big thing that can help. Yeah, and, and ultimately, I mean, what, what got us into that situation in the first place? Likely it was overspending and living beyond our means. And that's something that we see a lot of. We see it with everybody is that they've been using their asset, their home as a cash register and feel right. that that is some sort of income for them as opposed right. to saving it for retirement uh, when they perhaps don't need as big a house and they can sell the house and move into mm -hmm. uh, less costly accommodations and, that, and they can yeah. live off of that. But right now, from what we can see in many cases, and because we have such a strong housing market, people have been using their houses it's cash yeah. registers through their lines of credit to subsidize spending that really is not absolutely necessary. And, and that's one of the big things that we talk about on a day-to-day -day basis is understanding what is a need and what is a want. And I think over time, especially over the last decade or so, Canadians have been very good at blurring the lines between what's mm -hmm. a need and what's a want. I really sure. need the newest, latest, and greatest electronic device because my neighbors have it and I want to make sure that I have it as well. Is that really a need? Is that really a want? Um, mm -hmm. We're seeing 
all sorts of telecommunications packages go through the roof, whether it's uh, cable, telephone, data usage. Yeah. And, and that's one of the biggest line items in people's budgets right now. It used to be one of the smallest parts or not even existent. Now what we're seeing is, is $100, $200 a month being spent on the cell phone and the data packages. And right. that's really kind of eating into their budget. So people need to understand, well, do I really need this? Am I watching those 700 channels that are available to me? Is there something that I can do to <laughs> yeah. reduce that cost? And exactly. are there other areas in my life, once I've looked at my budget, to say, listen, I can cut down. I mean, there's a reason why there's coffee shops on almost every corner. And that's because people are going to them and they're spending money on them. And is that feeding a need or is that feeding a want? My guess is in most cases it's feeding a want. So there's probably dozens of areas within our life that we can look at and say, is there a better way to get similar products and services at a lower cost? especially if we're trying to retire debt and perhaps increase our savings. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely believe what you just said. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think the sort of need versus want thing is 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 this thing to be really conscious about uh, without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I talk about it quite a few in some of the other episodes I've, I've had as well. Now, when, um, when we're talking about debt, one of the things that kind of inevitably inevitably comes up is the use of emergency funds. So, you know, we have some experts that suggests that that suggesting that well, we should just keep our emergency fund in cash or well not in cash, but in like a, you know checking account or saving account. And then we have other individuals saying that well, you, your emergency fund you can just your line of credit uh, could be your emergency fund, and so you should be using any sort of disposable cash you have or any cash you have available. Use that to actually pay off your debt. So where do you stand on this debate in terms of emergency funds and, and kind of where the, where the money should go, where should it come from? Well, and the answer, the real answer is both. And the secondary answer is it's just a numbers game. And that's, that's the simple answer to it. But a little mm -hmm. bit of background for everybody. People really need to know that they've got, say, three to six months of expenses put away. And, and what that means is those expenses are, are, are the real basic necessities, things like your mortgage or rent, your utilities, your car payment if you need that, medical expenses, food, and other essential needs. So you want to you ascertain what that amount is and put, say, three to six months aside. And, and that's important to have that. Now, whether it's in cash or whether it's in some sort of liquid investment, that's okay. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's going to be important. Um, whether you should be using any disposable cash to to pay down debt versus um, versus uh, uh, a line of credit, my 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 concern there is that you're potentially setting yourself up for tail for failure and taking on additional debt if in fact you do have an emergency, and that's a bit of a res recipe for financial disaster. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. The, the suggestion here is you, you A, want to look at what the numbers say. So if you're paying high interest rate credit card debt at 19 or 24 percent and you're faced with putting some savings aside, uh, you're going to want to get rid of that debt or make it as efficient as possible because it's quite a high interest rate. That's number one. Okay. So that's the numbers side of it. The other mm -hmm. side of it is you don't want to have to rely on any room in your credit card if you want to go into debt. So finding a way, and you know what, this doesn't have, have to happen overnight. 
being able to put aside three to six months worth of expenses, I mean, if that's a goal of yours, try and do it in a year. Put that time aside, put the money aside and try. And then once it's there and once it's sitting there, you know what, put it in some sort of liquid investment, but it, that's at least earning some sort of positive returns for you. And then, mm-hmm. at the, then you'll have that available so you don't have to take on additional debt. Not to mention it's a really good behavior to have. Right, right. And I take that approach yeah. with retirement. I take that approach with anything that you're looking at. If you can do both, time is on your side and you want to try and look at the numbers as best as possible because am I really wasting money by carrying a 19% interest rate credit card versus putting some money away that's just going to sit there and may earn me 2, 3, 4, 5%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because that, that, that's one of the things that I, uh, you know, when I hear and, and listen to some of these, you know, experts, then and they say, well, you should just have it in cash, have those three to six months saved up. But if I was in that situation, I would have a very hard time just seeing that, you know, getting charged 24%, let's say on a, you know, on a credit card, because no, I have to put some money in my, in my savings. It's uh, like when it's, when, when the numbers are that high, when you're paying that much interest, yeah, I, I definitely would, you know, make that a priority to get that high interest debt taken care of ASAP for sure. And and, and, and the other side of this, and, and you know, we 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 use, we stick to the numbers quite a bit as we talk about mm-hmm. the efficiency of money, and we have. To. I think it only yeah. makes sense. But when we do that, we're often taking the behavioral component out of the conversation. That can be right. really dangerous. Like I said earlier, this is all simple stuff, but it's. It's definitely not easy trying to change a behavior. I mean, if you've ever been on a, a diet to lose weight, it, it's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world to do. Uh, we know mm-hmm. what we have to do to, to accomplish that goal, but it's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world to do. And it's the same thing with our finances. We've established patterns of spending over years and developed these behaviors, and, and yet we're asking ourselves to switch it off overnight. And we, right. we can't necessarily say that that's going to be the easiest way. So sometimes we've got to take some of the things that we're doing and we know that they're from a a numbers perspective, they're not the wisest thing, but let's get Mm -hmm. it done. Let's move on. And at the same time, try and make ourselves or put ourselves in a better situation financially and make sure our financial houses are in order. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, So let's say, let's say we've paid off that high interest debt. Let's say that's, that's done. That's been taken care of. You know, so now we've got a certain amount of money left over every month that we can put towards something. What are your suggestions here versus when it comes to putting that money to, let's say, pay off a student loan versus paying off the mortgage quicker versus investing it for retirement? Let's say, you know, where, how do you? What's your view on this when it comes to where to put that extra money? You know, once you once you're done paying that eighteen or twenty four percent credit card rate. First, first thing here is again, it's all in the numbers. And, and what I mean by that is if, if you're younger and you've maybe just graduated school or in your case, like you're starting a family, you're, you're a young professional, you've got time on your side and making money work for you is really a positive thing. So if you invest in even a small amount today and hold it in place for when you need to retire 20, 30, 40 years down the road, then that money is going to be working for you. 
that money is going to sit there and hopefully it's going to be growing. If you've got it in equities, it's growing in value. If you've got it in a guaranteed investment, it's, it's growing in interest and you're, 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 you're gaining interest year over year. So the longer it sits there, likely the higher value it's going to be on the other side. That's really important to consider and that's one of the numbers things that you do want to consider. So if you're looking at paying off student loans, mortgages or investing for retirement, you really want to look at, well, how much is this costing me? And is there a way that I can do both? And you might want to sit down with a financial planner, an investment planner to say, okay, let's look at the numbers and let's see what we can do to make sure that I'm accomplishing both goals and one is not so out of whack with respect to the numbers that I'm penalizing the other as a result of it. Right. Um, student debt is is a huge issue, and I, I wouldn't mind talking about that for a second. But student debt, I mean, it, it it's it's a noose around many young kids' necks as they go into the working world, and truthfully, a lot of it gets gets put on the wayside because there isn't a lot of things they can do about it. They've got so many other expensive expenses, but that's again wants versus needs and and when you're when you're just young and entering into the work world what makes you think that you can't still live like a student you can't live a lean life your first few years out of school so that you can take as much money as possible and try and retire that debt as quickly as possible and 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 that's something that we try and convey to people to say listen just because you're working and you have that big check coming in doesn't necessarily mean that you have to live uh, as if you're earning a million dollars every year. You don't need that right. fancy car with the big lease payments. You don't li need to live in that expensive downtown condo or apartment. Try and utilize some of that money that you've com got coming in and reduce some of the debt uh, while you don't have the obligations of a mortgage, while you don't have the obligations of uh, school programming for your kids and, and the like. It's, it's really an opportunity for you to get back on track with respect to your finances. For sure. Yeah, you're not paying for daycare <laughs> every month like we are now. So yeah, for sure, it's when you're starting off and if you don't have those obligations yet, yeah, it can, uh, yeah. I, I, and then you're used to kind of living that lean lifestyle as well. Hopefully you are, right? So. Yeah, you kind of have those those uh, frugal habits in place, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I could see how it, it, it does make it a bit, maybe a little bit easier to to pay off that debt versus, yeah, when you have so you have a kid and you've got a mortgage and you've got daycare expenses, it, it can be it can be a bit challenging for people is sort of in those in those situations. So, yeah, no, that's great. So Jeff, for somebody that wants to see, yeah, we touched on this already a little bit, but for somebody that wants to see if consolidating their credit is right for them, what is the process that they get taken through basically from beginning to end with you and your team? And that's a great question. So by the time they get to us, they may not have recognize that they have an issue, but at least there's some inkling that they can be doing better than what they're doing right now. And then they reach out to us. And it might be through a seminar we're putting on. It could be uh, as, a, as a result of seeing a podcast like this. It, it, it could be any number of reasons. It could be a crisis in their life that they've reached out to us. And that's the first step to understand that, you know what, maybe there's something I can be doing better or I've got a real problem here. And the first step is recognizing that. And, and really a, a credit counseling session is going to help you identify that or clarify that even further. So from the, 
the time that someone reaches out to us, the first thing that we do, and again, when someone reaches out to us, the first person they talk to is going to be a credit counselor. It's not like they have to make an appointment. It's not like they have to wait three weeks to get in to see somebody. We want it, and that, that's one of the things that we do really well here at Consolidated is we make sure that a live person answers the phone the first time you call in and you get to talking to them around your situation. We want to take advantage of the enthusiasm or the motivation that they've had to call us in the first place to make sure that we can help them or at least they leave that first session with some sort of idea that they can be helped or what direction they need to go in to obtain further help in their situation. So that, that first counseling session is going to be utilized as an assessment. It's going to say, okay, well, what's your current situation right now? What got you into that situation? And what have you done while you're in this situation to make it better, if anything, or perhaps make it worse? And what type of behaviors do we need to address so that we can cease the activity that's putting you into trouble right now and perhaps start a new behavior so that you can get out of this? Now, I mean, your journey with credit counseling can start in any sort of fashion. You can drop into our office, you can call us on the phone, you can do a live chat, or you can even make an inquiry uh, by filling out a form and we're going to respond to that. From that mm -hmm. perspective, depending on how you contact us, is, is, is how we're going to end up communicating with you going forward. Gotcha. And this, uh, Jeff, just to interrupt for one sure. second, and this uh, initial consultation, it's completely free, right? There's no charge for it. No, like I said, gotcha. we don't want to put any barriers up in front of somebody if they're reaching out for help and they're looking for opportunities to improve their situation. Mm -hmm. okay? Now, from there, I mean, that analysis is going to be fairly in-depth. We're going to take a look at your debts. We're going to take a look at your expenses. We're going to make some suggestions. There's going to be a lot of counseling and coaching around the point where you need to get to to improve your situation. And that takes time. I mean, it took a little time for you to get into this situation. It's going to take a little time for you to get out. So some of the things that we're going to take a look at, we're going to look at, well, what kind of money do you have coming in? And it's not just your everyday job. It's perhaps what other public assistance are you getting? Are you getting baby bonus checks? Or uh, are you getting gifts from parents? Are you getting tax refunds? Are you getting bonuses at work? Are you getting overtime? All those things uh, accumulate to create your income. And we also want to take a look at your debts. And we've talked about high interest rate debt versus low interest rate debt. And what we need to do to try and get you out of debt as rapidly as possible, while at the same time servicing all the debts, all the debts at once, get you into a situation where we can get you out of debt. You can pay back the debt in full, so you're not filing for a, an insolvency, whether it's a proposal or whether it's a bankruptcy, so that you can make whole on on all the money that you've spent, as opposed to settling on a portion of it. And in some cases, what we find is that people are in a situation and they've come to us too late in this stage that an insolvency is their only option or is their best option, and in which case we would refer them to someone to walk them through that process. And we would only know what solutions relate to you or are, are most relevant to you after we've gone through this in-depth assessment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that, that that's great, Jeff. Thank you. I mean, that's uh, I, I mean, I like how you offer this this basically for free, and you have all like you said, ninety percent of your content and the consultation. It's it's all free, so there's really nothing really to lose in terms of 
getting in touch with you guys if you think you know you might need some help just to at least pick pick the brain of somebody from your team get their kind of expert user expertise to see kind of what the next step should be yeah no so so that that's great i mean for sure i'll um, i'll include a link on our site as well where we can or any of our listeners here can can basically reach out to, to you and the team uh you know they can get a free consultation and, and just get some really really good uh you know tips best practices advice and it, it sounds like they get like a really custom made kind of consultation specifically for them and the fact that it actually doesn't cost them anything is pretty i think that's pretty appealing so so no that, that that's great jeff thanks uh thanks a lot no problem and, and one of the things that it's probably too lengthy to get into right now and maybe it's a it's another session but we're marketing and you opened with this is is we're marketed with so many different opportunities for debt relief out there and the 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 verbiage around each one they overlap so much together that it creates confusion in the consumer's eyes. And, and it's so important that people understand when they do respond to an ad or respond to a call or someone told them about it, that they have a clear understanding of what option is going to be best for them in an unbiased mm-hmm. approach and what options are available. Because there are so many different options out there and there's hybrids and so forth that it creates some sort of confusion in the consumer's eyes. And that's where we come in. And whether it's a debt management program or a consumer proposal or a bankruptcy or even settlement on some side of things, they need to understand what options are out there and what is the most relevant to them in an unbiased fashion. Mm-hmm. That's great. And you guys are nonprofit as well, that's right? That's correct. We're a registered yeah, charity. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. So, uh, so no, Jeff, that's, that's all the questions I had. Thanks uh, a lot for coming on. It was great to pick your brain a little bit. And, uh, and yeah, no, I think you've, you've shared some really good knowledge and, and I'm glad that resources like yours exist just to help Canadians who maybe are struggling a bit with that or just want to maybe learn a bit more kind of best practices to get into those right habits so they can actually get that free, uh, you know, and stop paying those ridiculous, uh, <laughs> credit card percentages. Those are just insane here. So no, so, so thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely link to your site in the show notes uh, so that our listeners can contact you directly and, and speak to somebody for free from your team Excellent. and, uh, get a whole custom, uh, consultation out of it as well. So that's great. So thanks so much, Jeff. And, uh, yeah, have a great, uh, have a great week. You too. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Bye. All right, I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can get all the links and show notes at buildwealthcanada.ca slash 27. So just the number 27. And if you want to see if Jeff and his team can help you with any debt troubles you may have and potentially get you a lower interest rate on your debts so you can actually get out of debt quicker, then you can chat with them for free by heading over to buildwealthcanada.ca slash debt. So just D-E-B-T. All right, have a wonderful week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Build Wealth Canada podcast at www.buildwealthcanada.ca.